We've got a whole host of testimonies, uh, mostly based around the Daniel Fast um, that we're going to share right now. And uh, we're going to give everybody a massive welcome as they come up onto the stage, because you guys are quite scary. And the first two uh, who are going to join us are from Burlington, and we've got Harriet and Nicole. So let's give them a massive welcome. I think Sarah... Up you come, guys. I think Harriet's going to go first and then Nicole as well. So come on, guys. Go for it. For the Daniel first this year, I gave up social media. And this was a hard thing to give up because of a teen. You're always on social media, worrying about streets on Snapchat and worrying about friends messaging you. So on the first day, I woke up. And my daily routine is to check Facebook as soon as I woke up. But I said I had a whole hour of listening to God, and I'd done this twice a day. And before the Daniel fast, I was never very patient. I would pray, then sit five minutes, then go to school. But since I had an hour to spare, I would just wait for him to talk to me every day. And he actually told me some things that if I didn't listen to him, I wouldn't know. Reflecting on the Daniel fast, I'm going to leave an hour out of my day and turn off all technology and listen to God. I gave up my iPad for the Daniel fast. The first two days were easy, but as it got later, it got harder. Didn't help on Sandbox, my favourite game. A really cool thing came out for to do, and most people I know had done it. Anyway, I feel I've come closer to God. To keep this feeling up, I am reading the Bible and praying twice a night. Brilliant. And... Uh... Next, we're going to have uh, one of the children from IIC. I think they're coming up now. They're here over this side. David, why didn't you help me? Oh, he's too busy drawing. He's doing exactly what I told him. Let's give him a massive welcome as he comes and shares. My name is Zapano, Um And, yeah. On... The Sunday school before fast started, the Sunday school teacher told the children to pick one thing that God is telling you to fast from. So God told me to fast from like playing games and watching TV. So when I told my parents, they were worried if I could do it for 21 days because I really liked it. So, and then we prayed and then we started the fast, and now it's the 21st day, and I haven't played games or watched TV. And, and on the Friday life class, on the first week of the fast, Pastor said that to, pick, to pray for your weaknesses, and I was... I was always scared to go in a dark room alone, and I prayed for that, and now it has, my fear has reduced a lot. Three amazing testimonies from our young people and children. Uh, I'm going to invite Alice to follow that. I'm sorry, Alice. Let's give her a massive round of applause as she comes. Young at heart. Okay. 
I actually struggled to hear God um, during the Daniel fast, which was quite strange for me. Um, but towards the end of the second week, I sat down, I had a quiet time, and I was just aware of the washing machine um, in the kitchen that God actually spoke to me through this. So this is the analogy of a washing machine. So every washing machine has a drum, which is the church building. The clothes, that's us, we're soiled. The programme, there is a pre-wash, which is praise. The detergent is God's word being preached. The whitener is prayer. The softener is love, love of God for God, for others, being built up and encouraged. The water is Jesus, and the heat is the Holy Spirit. As the cleaning agents go in, the clothes, that's us, we are tossed about to loosen the dirt. The clothes mingle with the rest of the contents, that's us as fellowship. The clothes are different types, colours, sizes, old, new. They all mingle together. They cover all parts of the body, which remind me of 1 Corinthians 12, 14. Now the body's not made up of one part, but of many. Sometimes the programme is short and gentle, other times it's long and arduous, and the temperature varies depending on our needs for restoration and transformation. As the cycle operates, there's the wash, and we are washed by the blood of Christ. Rinse, we are rinsed in clean water, we are baptised. Drain, the old is drained away. The spin, we are transformed and empowered by the Holy Spirit, the old has gone. As the clothes go through the process, the spin gets faster to get rid of the excess water. The clothes are pushed to the outside of the drum, and some press through the holes. If the clothes are left in the drum, they're of no use. In time, they get musty and eventually deteriorate. They all need to go back through a stronger cycle before they can be worn, like salt that loses its saltiness. We are cleansed and transformed. We go out from the church into the outside world. The force is so strong, we have to go to the edge, from the church into the community. We are then hung up to dry, bearing witness. After this, I had a picture of washing lines coming out from this church and they're going all over the town with fresh linen pegged on them. The fresh fragrance of the newly laundered linen wafts in the breeze. We are visible and we take the fragrance of Jesus with us. It was a reminder that the Christian life is a process. Just as clothes get contaminated and need washing again, so our sin needs to be continually washed from us and we also need to come back together in the fellowship. And then this morning as we were listening before the service, um, there was another picture and it was about people dragging just massive laundry baskets full of soiled clothes and they were coming into the church. There was a steady stream of people that were purposeful and determined and they were coming into church to get washed. so much in that uh, picture. Do take it away and pray with it. And I'm sure Alice would share that if you feel like God would like you to pray into that picture uh, some more. Got one more testimony in this slot. And that is on behalf of one of the young people from IIC. Somebody's going to come and read their testimony for us. Brilliant. Their youth worker. Up you come. Let's give them a welcome. Uh, Yeah, this is one of our young people. They sent it to me yesterday. And it just says, before the Daniel fast, I was finding it hard knowing what I wanted to do um, in the future in terms of their job. Um, And even though they're young, um, they said, I needed to know where I want to be in the next five years and in order to work towards it. I was getting so frustrated with God because I prayed continuously 
about this, but never got any answers. However, one day during the Daniel fast, I was praying and a verse stuck out to me. I was going to say stuck on to me then. <laughs> um, Jeremiah 2, uh, 29 verse 11, which just says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. And just the last bit says, Then the words trust him became so clear in my mind as I continued to pray. It just goes to show that God is our provider and I never need to fear about the plans he has for me. I just thought that was an amazing testimony from one of our young people, just how God's spoken, not just into nowadays, but also into their future as well. So that's great. Oh, then, do you grab a seat? We're going to have a few more testimonies. Uh, Liam's up next. Where's Liam? Where's Liam? Here he comes. Come, Liam. Okay, so that's on. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I went out for a work meal, and we were having Indian, and I thought, do I go? Do I not? Because one, I'm going to break the fast. Two, you know, am I going to be able to go back? Um, onto normal food after but I went to God about it and I just felt him say yeah go so it was with my work colleagues they had been lying up for a couple of weeks and um, we went to this restaurant and slowly there started to be other people coming in um, there was a group of ladies who walked past us and you know the normally worldly men who whisper and, and cheer um, so I just sit there saying I need to come here to represent God um, did I know that Two particular colleagues were watching me all night like a hawk to seeing whether they could find a gap and that I would find a weakness. So as we went from place to place, um, I slowly started getting the conversation. At one point, I was in the middle, and I had five of them ringed around me, and they were quizzing me. Um, what is this about you? Why, why are you like this? Why don't you flinch at the stuff that we are? And I just said, I'll just give glory to him because it's because of him why I'm able to do this. Um, as the night comes to a close... This particular man called James, who has quite a big drink problem, comes behind me and he taps me on the shoulder and he says, what is it with this God thing? Because I've been watching you and you just don't seem to, um, you act differently to us. So I end up sharing the gospel with him and I told him, uh, he said he was embarrassed to talk about God in front of the colleagues um, as one of them in particular was giving him stick. And, and I just said, look, don't worry about what them guys say. We'll have a chat-to-chat one-on-one, and, and I'll tell you more about this God that I serve. So the message I'm trying to get across here is that we need to be in places where people need hope. doesn't mean we have to join in uh, and do what they're doing, but let's remember we have Christ in us, and he can set us apart from the worldly situations. And now we're going to have uh, another IIC friend, and I think it's Yinka is going to come and share right now. Let's give her a warm welcome as she comes. Good morning, church. My testimony uh, regarding the Daniel fast is how my family um, went through the Daniel fast. It's been a very fruitful time for us as a family. Um, My family comprises at the moment, myself, my husband, uh, my teenage girls, and my older daughter, who is in her 20s. 
On the Sunday before the Daniel fast, the young girls came in. I was at work. I I wasn't in church. And they were so excited. Mommy, we're going to do Daniel fast. You must go shopping. This, we can't have this, we can't have that. And they were all roaring to go. And I was like, okay, whatever you say. And even if myself and my husband were be wobbly, looking at them, we were like, no, we've got to do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And um, <laughs> in, as the, a few days after the Daniel fast started, one of my young girls was in school. She's in secondary school. And they had to have um, the HPV vaccination. And one of the nurses, you know, gave them biscuits just to placate them. And then she came home and said, Mommy, I had biscuits. Oh, <laughs> I have to say, and I've said sorry to God. I said, no, don't worry. The Lord sees your heart. And throughout the Daniel fast, normally my family, they wouldn't really want wholemeal bread or brown rice. No, but... We all stuck through, you know, that uh, regimen, all through the Daniel fast. Now, some of the things that the Lord laid on my heart personally, he showed me that he has placed me strategically where he's put me, and I need to do A, B, and C. And to be able to do those, renew your strength in his grace, receive his grace, and do it. And then as a family, we would always come every morning before they go to school, share the word of God, read through uh, the booklet. We went through the Father's guidance, the Father's provision, um, God providing for us, uh, his forgiveness, ministry of reconciliation. And there were powerful questions that came through from the children as we discussed. And also I had the time to discuss with my older daughter. There were four main questions which came up, and we were able to look at the Bible to find the answers to it. One of the questions was, what does it really mean to trust God? And we looked through the Bible, we shared personal experiences. And then secondly, what does the Bible say about same-gender relationships, particularly for the young ones, because the world now is a bit upside down, they don't know what is right from what is wrong, and we looked through the Bible there were answers in the Bible for them. And then thirdly, we shared about God's provision. How do we deal with the issue of materialism? When people have more than you do, particularly the young people, when they go to other people's houses, when, the, when you see that people have more than you do, how do you deal with it? What are the answers that you give? We went through the Bible, we found the answers. And then thirdly, is about God's provision. Yes, God provides for us, but then... He also wants us to use this provision responsibly. We found, went through the Bible, we found answers to them. For me and for the children, what I found mainly in this time of Daniel fast is, which I said to them, there are, there's a code of conduct for the world. And there's a code of conduct as a Christian. Our code of conduct is the Bible. If you want answers as a Christian for you to be able to walk through life, With the ups and downs, the answers are in the Bible. You need to look for it and let the Bible be the light onto your path and the lamp onto your feet. And I just thank God that God has been really faithful. We stuck through it. And I'm glad that we're able to share as a family and reap the benefits of Daniel fast. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you.
so great. Now we're going to have uh, Helen and also Margaret, if you wanted to start making your way up as well, that would be brilliant. Our last two testimonies. Let's welcome Helen. Um, a Christian gave my life to God when I was uh, in my um, early, well, no, late teens. That was a very long time ago. But I've always struggled with believing and feeling and knowing that God is my dad. For first day, first week, first question. Do you see God as your dad? If not, why not? What does it mean emotionally and mentally to have God as daddy? And that was where I stopped. No, I don't see God as dad. And it's always been a struggle for me. And I spent some time in prayer to God. Please show me why it is that I really struggle. Jesus, I don't have a problem with. He's with me. He's inside of me. He's next to me. God was somewhere up there to be um, feared in the reverent sense, not to be afraid of, but he was distant. And God had spoken to me, he spoke to me then, and he reminded me of something that happened when I was a teenager. Um, And it may have been before I went away to college. I think it probably was before I went away to college. And my dad said to me, Don't ever come here if you're pregnant before you get married because you won't be welcome and we we won't want you here. We won't have anything to do with you. So be careful, otherwise keep away. And reading in this passage in John 14, it says that God is Jesus and Jesus is God. And to me, that that just didn't work. But as I prayed through that, God, I knew that God was saying to me, but I'm not like that. I am not going to hold that against you. I forgive and I am full of grace and I welcome you. And so I went through the Bible and I didn't have to go very far because it was actually backwards from the, the first reading. John 14, 9 says, anyone who has seen me, and this is Jesus speaking, has seen the Father. And then both in ver- or all in verses 10, 11 and 20, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And I am in you and you're in me, which meant that God was in me as well as Jesus. And... To me, that was a whole new revelation, that God is my dad. And we talked about this at home group, and some people said, but Abba means father. So I investigated that, and it says that Abba is a word for father, but it's not the kind of Victorian stern removed father, which I'd always thought of God as, but it's more like the word dad. And so then I could see that God is my dad. And since then, whenever I've prayed to God, I have this picture of Jesus and God standing with their arms around each other's shoulders, listening to me and before me. And that has been such a wonderful, completely new revelation of God. And I think, how can I have gone for so long without knowing that? But God has healed me of that. So go back to the question at the top. Do you see God as your dad? What does it mean emotionally and mentally to have God as daddy? And my answer to that is yes and amen. 
However, it's going to take a bit of time to get that embedded into my faith, but I just thank God that after all these years of searching, he's revealed it to me and healed me of it. Thank you. Brilliant. And just uh, one last one, Margaret, are you going to stand? Yeah, there you go. Okay. I better put it down a bit. I'm <clears throat> so little. <laughs> um, I've always thought that the last thing I would ever want to do was to hurt somebody, especially a dear friend. And a few years ago, that's exactly what I did. I asked my friend to forgive me And I prayed to God for forgiveness, and I know that I have been generously forgiven by both my friend and God. But in my prayer time during the Daniel fast, I realized that I had not forgiven myself. Every now and again, I had been having flashbacks and feeling the weight of that guilt bearing down on me again. So I prayed about it, and a friend also prayed for me. And now I am freed from that weight of guilt. It has lifted off me, and I thank God so much for that. I would like to mention an added added bonus for me whilst on the Daniel fast. I've lost over half a stone in weight. Consequently, the pain in my knees has eased off almost a lot. Um, I'm enjoying cooking again instead of living on instant meals. And I feel fantastic. Wow. I mean, think about all those testimonies. They're all so different, aren't they? But they're all so full of truth. We know we're forgiven, that the Bible is our light and our lifeline. We've heard stories of healing, even things that might have happened such a long time ago. We've heard testimony of God using us to be bright, shining lights in a dark world, and so much more. Just for a moment, What are you thanking God for? What has he said to you, spoken to you about over this last three weeks?